five, four, three, two, one. What's up, nerds? Welcome back to the table. I am Antonio Padilla, your Arthur. With me, as always, is my Lancelot, Cliff Miller. Cliff, say what's up. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> and uh, Swag is not with us today. He's busy doing Swag stuff. But uh, as always, uh, go check him out on his YouTube channel, Mr. Swagtastic. He's uploading, he's doing a replay of the uh, the Arkham series. So check that out. Pretty cool. Uh, he's doing Arkham Asylum right now. I'm sure he'll move on to Arkham City and then Arkham Knight. So, yeah, go follow him. Uh, his videos are always entertaining, like I say. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that that's uh, that's where swag is. But like I said, you got me and Cliff to keep you company this week. And we have quite a bit to talk about today because uh, we, had, we took last week off. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, to start the show... I want to talk about something something real big that's happening this week, and uh, Cliff and I spoke a little bit about it before we started recording. I feel it's important for someone to talk about this, because I don't see anybody else really talking about it. I just saw, earlier today, I saw X-Men Dark Phoenix, or just Dark Phoenix, depending on who you ask. I'm not sure. But uh, I just saw the movie this afternoon, and... When it was over, I found myself feeling some emotions. And at first, I wasn't sure what it was, if it was the movie or if it was something else. And then I quickly realized what it was. I realized that when the film was over and I was walking out of the theater, I realized that end of the golden age of superhero movies uh now what does that mean well i'll explain what it means uh just like in comic books uh you know going back to the beginning there was the golden age and then when that age was over you sort of got a rebooted universe and that was the silver age like if we talk if we're going back to dc comics the golden age was the original incarnations of superman batman Jay Garrick's Flash, uh, Alan, what was his name? The original Green Lantern that had nothing to do with the Green Lantern Corps. His powers were magic-based. I can't remember his name. But um, So after those characters had their run, they were rebooted, and that's when we got characters like Barry Allen, the Flash, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, and the Green Lantern Corps. So... What does all that have to do with X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and superhero movies? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. So Cliff and I always talk about, and we've mentioned this on the show before, that um, the modern superhero movie age began in 1998 with the release of Blade, the first Blade movie. And then after Blade, we got the first X-Men movie, and then we got the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi. And I th- I hope you're starting to see a pattern here. Uh, most of those franchises ended quite a while ago. Uh, the Sam, Ra- Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy ended in 2007. Uh, the Blade trilogy ended in 2004. Uh, 
and so I bring this up because the X-Men franchise is the one that's been going the longest. It started in 2000, and it finally came to an end this year in multiple ways. Uh, obviously, 20th Century Fox was acquired by Disney, which means that they will then be folding all of these characters into the larger ongoing MCU. But that this is exactly my point. It means that the original X-Men franchise has now come to an end. And this is what I mean. This is the end of an era. This was the longest running one out of all those originals. And now that it's finished, this is the end of the golden age of superhero movies. And this is a very big deal, especially for me, because I was thinking about this as I was watching the movie. Like I, I remember seeing the first X-Men movie in theaters. And then I, I realized something. I, I've seen every single one of these movies in theaters. Every X-Men movie. That includes uh, both of the Deadpool movies. So, you know, it, this is a very big deal. And I don't see a whole lot of people talking about it as such. Most people are just celebrating in the streets that now the X-Men get to cross over with the Avengers. And that's all fine. But, I mean, you know, this is one of those franchises that helped start sort of this movement that we're still enjoying to this day. And now it's, it's you know, it's run its course and it's, it's over. And that's something I feel like we shouldn't take lightly. Uh, now that I've sort of explained all of that, uh, Cliff, how, how does this make you feel? Because I know you've been there with me the whole time from the very first X-Men movie all the way back in 2000. So I'm curious, like, what, did any of this register with you? And if so, like, how does that make you feel? No, it's wild, because I didn't really, I'll be honest, I really didn't think about this way, right? Because it's, I I really kind of forgot that it's been a 20-plus year franchise. Like, as for Fox, you know, X-Men, you know, in a Fox banner. And I never really thought about it that way, because I think, to me, you know, I thought the original series, as far as, like, X-Men went, was done at Last Stand. And then we got F- X-Men mm. First Class, so it was, like, almost like a reboot to the whole series. But I never thought about it mm-hmm. being, like, under one banner. And then just, like, considering that whole way through. And now that now you bring it up that way, it's like, yeah, oh shit, like, we, that's, that's it. <laughs> like, now I really am going to have to go go to dark phoenix and go watch because it's like in theaters because that's just that's an experience that you gotta you gotta remember because i remember Mm -hmm. going to the first x-men movie in our hometown and i remember yeah um watching uh days of future pass and like now like here we are in 2019 and we're we're ending it and it's kind of like huh didn't see that one coming yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and see that that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like like it didn't even register with me until like I said I was leaving the theater and I I started feeling these I I just started feeling something and I was like I don't know what this is. Um and then you know I slowly realized what it was, but you know it yeah, it's just crazy. Like this is the one that's held on that's been going as long as it has and you know, you bring up an interesting point. It 
you know, you bring up like first class. It, this is, I feel like we should talk about this a little bit here since we're talking about X-Men anyways, like first class, if you go back and watch that movie, that clearly was, was supposed to reboot the X-Men uh, franchise. And then when they did Days of Future Past, they were like, uh, never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like uh, it, it's not really a reboot. You know, there's time travel and all this stuff involved. And it's like, all right, I guess. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's just so odd, you know? It's it and I know people talk about that all the time, like the broken timeline of the X-Men franchise. And it's true, like the the timeline is all over the place in those movies. But <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it it's um Oh, and I do want to say I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was it was good. I don't think it was a great movie, but it was it's certainly not as bad as most people are making it out to be. But then again, I enjoyed X Men Apocalypse, and most people didn't like that one either. So I don't know. <laughs> Take my word for it or don't. Either way, uh, but I liked it, especially since. And I'm not going to spoil anything here, but. Uh, just in case, you know, this might be a mild spoiler. This movie did something that I've never seen any other X-Men movie do, where it really let the mutants in this movie cut loose and really show off just how powerful they are. Like, there's a scene, there's an entire action sequence in this movie where everybody is cutting loose and just destroying things left and right. And I was like, what the, like, what, what is happening right now? Because I've never seen these characters depicted this way in live action. It was truly incredible to see. And it was brutal too. Like probably the most brutal action sequences I've seen in any X-Men movie. So I think this movie is worth seeing just for that, that alone, because it really did take me by surprise. I was not expecting to see all of that. Um, and then the other thing too, like, uh, I, I mentioned this before when we talked about, I think when the first trailer for the movie came out, we talked about how, or I talked about how, you know, we know this is the end of the Fox X-Men, but again, watching this movie, I was so saddened because I know this is the last time we're going to see this uh, specific group of people like I said it then I'll say it again like I love Ty Sheridan's Scott Summers Cyclops uh, especially in this movie he his performance as Cyclops in this movie is the version of Cyclops I've been waiting to see in live action ever since I, fe- I first found out they were doing an X-Men movie all the way back in the day like, I love Ty Sheridan's Cyclops. I wish we could have gotten more with Tim. Like, I mean, you know, more movies with that version of the character because he does it so And, uh, you know, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, again, just killing it. Like, I I really am saddened to see this iteration of this this franchise because they gave us a lot of stuff in this movie that I want to see more of, and I know we're not going to... Uh, like, uh, mild spoilers, we get to see Genosha in this 
That's right. If you know what that is, you know how awesome and exciting that is, and we get to see it in this. So, yeah, I, 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 it really does. It's like they were finally starting to give us stuff that I wanted to see, and now it's it's over. So, it sucks, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. So, but honestly, the thing I wanted to talk about most is like, you know, th- it really is the end of an era. And I feel like that needs to be, it needs to be talked about more, you know, like it, this is more important than people are giving it uh, credit for. So that's really what I wanted to do. What I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to bring to light when talking about this movie. So uh, yeah, Cliff, do you, uh, I know you haven't seen the movie yet, but yeah, just like what, any final thoughts on this whole thing? No, it really, it's just, it's two things that you kind of mentioned, right? Was the, the broken timeline. Mm-hmm. And there's like one simple line that like fixes everything. And it comes from Deadpool, mm-hmm. you know, Stuart McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, these cross, these storylines are just all mixed up. But I, I think about that every time I watch like the X-Men movies, I just hear Deadpool like repeating that to me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, so true. And then uh, the other thing, though, man, yeah. is on, on a more serious note, it is kind of sad to see that, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because Marvel, like, obviously were in a bind and they sold the movie rights for the X-Men to Fox to help mm-hmm. bring them out. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's sad, but it's also liberating, right? Because it's like, you're right, it is an end of an era, like, Fox owning the rights to... X-Men, as well as the Fantastic Four. I don't want to leave them out. Um, but then, like, X-Men is now reverting back to Marvel. And I know that uh, Kevin Feige has said that he has no plans for them as far as Phase 4s go. So you'll probably see them later mm-hmm. in, like, Phase 5 from what they're mm-hmm. from what people are estimating or guessing. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting to see, like, I just want to, I, I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where I'll probably go back through. And probably we rewatch like the whole series, and then probably go watch mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix just to kind of get like the whole grasp or get the whole story told to me again, and even include movies like, you know, uh, Wolverine Origins as well as Wolverine as well as Logan and Deadpool one and two, just kind of include those movies in there too because yeah. like, I feel like you kind of just have a lot more fun when you get to like watch all these movies together and then go see. The final wrap up because I feel like when I did it with, uh, with Endgame, it was it was uh-huh. it was an emotional moment, like leaving the theater knowing uh-huh. that the ten plus years that we invested into just like the Marvel Cinema Universe was huge, and then I I told it just slipped under the radar that this has been almost twenty years of just Marvel or Fox yeah. making X Men movies and I'm like holy shit what the fuck yeah, exactly. happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about man like i and like you know i talked about this again i mentioned this when we were talking about uh one of the trailers for this movie it's like i was never one of those guys who like turned their back on the x-men just because marvel studios was like killing it like i still enjoy the majority of those movies i mean not, not all of them are great like x-men origins wolverine like ugh. <laughs> but <laughs> you know like uh, for the most part i enjoyed these movies 
so I don't know. I feel like people sort of turned their backs on it and started trashing them just because Marvel Studios became like this big major entity. And, and like, you know, I will never take away from anything Marvel Studios has done. Like I said, when we did our Endgame episode, uh, what they accomplished what is incredible and it, it completely unprecedented. But, you know, like you were saying, like the only way they get there was because of stuff like X-Men being a major box office hit and, you know, the original Spider-Man movies. Uh, you know, it wasn't just that they sold the rights to the X-Men. They had to sell their rights to Spider-Man. Uh, they sold their rights to the Incredible Hulk. They sold their rights to so many of their characters just to save themselves from bankruptcy. So, you know, like I said, uh, the only way they became what they are now was by doing stuff like that. So, you know, like I, you know, it's just, I still love the X-Men. I still love those movies. And more importantly, you know, the X-Men were one of those comic books that when I was reading comics as a kid, that was one of those things where, you know, they were sort of these outcasts and alienated and, you know, they never really fit in anywhere. And when I was a kid, that's exactly how I felt. So the X-Men were always super important to me. Um, and that's why I, I, you know, I'm loyal. I, you know, if nothing else, I am loyal. So I would never turn my back on something as important as the X-Men. Like I said, even if some of those movies were, weren't that great, uh, you know, I, I stood by that franchise since day one. So, so no, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy that we're here at the end of this iteration, like Cliff said, almost 20 years later. So. All right. So here's yeah. my, here's my question for you, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the 20 years and all the movies that have come out, not even, um, mm-hmm. including post credits. What? Who's the one villain that you wished would have been in one of the movies? Mister Sinister. Oh yes, I was thinking the same thing. That's the. I was thinking <laughs> about that while I was watching this movie because I remembered the post-credit scene from Apocalypse teased Mister Sinister, and we never saw him. Like, no. <laughs> like he never showed up. Like, he does not show up in this movie. I'll spoil that for you. Uh, The rumor was he was supposed to be the villain of Logan, but I guess James Mangold decided against it, like, right before they started filming. Like, that's the character that Richard Grant... He was supposed to be Mr. Sinister, but then they were like, the character doesn't really fit in with the world we've created, so they just turned him into some generic scientist. But, yeah... Like, that's the one villain I wish we would have seen on screen. And, you know, there are other references to him. Like, in Deadpool 2, the the institute where the kids are being kept and experimented on is the Essex house. Mm-hmm. Essex, as in Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister. So, yeah, man. Like, I was always like, when is that guy going to show up on screen? And he never did. So, also, I wish that to seen... me is, like, the biggest wasted... Uh, 
wasted potential. Yeah, I agree. Also, like another character that I, and even though we didn't, no, we never got him. I wish Morph would have been in at least one movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Even if just to get Wolverine to do one Morph in live action, that would have been great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those of you who watch the animated series from the 90s, you'll get that reference. But yeah, you know, yeah, that's a, that, that is another character that I wish we would have seen at least once. So yeah. I mean, we got. Uh, All right. We got so many. Yeah, so the end of an era. And, uh, you know, it's sad to see it go, but, um, you know, here's to the future. We'll see what happens next. Uh, So, anyway, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we did not have an episode for you guys last week, and that was for two very good reasons. Um, Cliff was out of town, he was attending a wedding. How'd that go, by the way, Cliff? Yo, actually, it had to been a record for, like, fastest ceremony I've ever been a part of. It was, like, <laughs> legitimately, we all got there. We all sat down. Then all of a sudden, like, ten minutes later, like, the ceremony started, right? Also, it was, like, mm-hmm. uh, groom, parents, bridesmaids, you know, flower girl, red, uh, ring bearer. Hey, this is us. This is me. This is you. Do you. Do you. Rings, rings, the wed, the wed, not pronounce you. Good, go. And then we were like, <laughs> it had it been like 15 minutes. Shout out to, hey, Keely, it's nice to hope you hear this. And Sean, congratulations again. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Um, yeah, so big, yeah, like I said. Congratulations. Yeah, big shout outs to uh, Sean and Keely. They had a great wedding, great reception. Um, it was it was a fun time, man. I had a lot of fun. But then, I, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, um, we have another uh, mutual friend of ours. Right, uh, had his thirty mm-hmm. fourth birthday, but also had his gender reveal for his baby. And uh, what people didn't know is, I actually got our favorite player on the Broncos to reveal the gender to him. And uh, yeah, so you know, big shout out to Anthony as he found out he's having a baby boy, and it put him to tears for the whole day. <laughs> And the next day, so every time he watches the video, he tears up because <laughs> he just can't believe that his favorite current Bronco player acknowledged that it was his 34th birthday and that he's going to be playing a lot of catch because he's having a baby boy. Jeez, so. Anthony, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. That's out of love, all right? <laughs> but no, no, congratulations to you as well, man. Like, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, Cliff... Shoutouts to you for setting all that up. Like that's that's pretty dope. That's going above and beyond. So, so you that's pretty cool. I didn't actually didn't even know that second part. So, so you hear <laughs> the other cool, cool part about it is that meanwhile, so this is like crazy. So I got with Anthony's fiance and asked her if I could do this for him, right, for his birthday. She added on the caviar part. Then she got me in touch with her sister. So nice. I could find out what the gender was. So I sent that out to Chris. Meanwhile, here's how complicated. This shit turned into like mission fucking impossible. Like it was crazy. So I got to give big <laughs> shout outs to Heather as well as Dominic. Um, they're going to know who they are once I shout them out on uh, Facebook for this episode. Um, so Heather and I became friends. Dominic and I became friends. Dominic actually made a belt, a WWE inspired championship belt that said, it's a boy. And it was 
one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I was like, I just got Chris Harris to shout out, it's a boy. You got him a fucking belt. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yo, it's like, so what? <laughs> that is so cool. That's very cool. That's awesome. It's so now Anthony so, walking yeah, out with I mean, a championship belt that says, it's a boy. And he's oh, at, I bet. Yo, I it's bet got. You. It was so cool because what they did is they laser engraved uh, the sonogram photo. So it's like it's Anthony's kid on a what? belt. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Jesus, like, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> stuff you can do nowadays, man. Job was that's, like, that's crazy. This dude. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Tell us about yeah, your day, big man. Big shout outs to everybody who had, who had a big weekend last weekend. Uh, but yeah, so that's what Cliff was up to last weekend. <laughs> and uh, as for me, I had a convention that I was attending. A uh, uh, It used to be known as Denver Comic Con, but it had to change its name because San Diego Comic Con International uh, got greedy about protecting that name. But, um, you know, whatever, whatever. So it's uh, Denver Pop Culture Con now. And so I was at that all weekend last weekend. I'm talking all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And my good, like, I had so much fun there. And I got to meet some really interesting people. And uh, when I say that, I mean just uh, just normal people. Like, I met some really cool cosplayers. Uh, and I got uh, uh, just really great people. Had a lot of fun there. And then I also got to meet some people that, uh, some of you guys will probably recognize. Uh, I got to meet Michael Rosenbaum, and if you don't know who that is, that's uh, he played Lex Luthor on my favorite TV show of all time, Smallville. Cliff knows how big a fan I am of that show, so that was a dream come true. I got a picture taken with him, and that picture is framed, hanging on my wall right now. I'm looking at it. I can see it right here from my desk. It's awesome. <laughs> and I also got to meet up with and take a picture with uh, Zachary Levi and Asher Angel, the two stars of Shazam, which was awesome. They were great. They were super fun. And uh, I I called Zach Sir Zaps a lot, which if you've seen the movie, you, know, you get that reference. And he, he laughed real hard about it. So, yeah, they were really cool. Rosenbaum was really cool. Rosenbaum was really, like, gracious and really you could tell he was really grateful uh and and thankful to all his fans so yeah that was great that was a really great weekend a really great experience and uh you know can't wait to do it again which i'll probably be doing a couple more of these this year uh before the year is done so uh you know keep an eye out for that i also posted a lot of pictures on the nerds of the roundtable facebook page so if you want to see some of that go uh Go check out that. Go check out the Facebook page. Or, you know, uh, check it out on my Instagram page. I posted more there. So, yeah, that was my weekend. Super fun. Super, super, just super awesome. I was so exhausted by the time it was over, though. Like, oh, my God. Like, I had so much fun that when it was over, I just, uh, I had nothing left in the tank. So, yeah, yeah. So, that's why we didn't have an episode for you guys last weekend. So, but, you know, we're back and we're going to be covering as much of the news that we missed last week as well as everything that happened this week. So uh, with that being said, 
something else that dropped this week that I did already get to check out, uh, but Cliff has not yet. But oh, so I'm going to keep this spoiler free. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and the, the the reason Cliff hasn't seen it yet is because apparently it's not on the DC Universe, even though it's supposed to be. Uh, yo, DC, get, your, uh, get it together, because that's supposed to be on there already. But, uh, you know, anyways, so I saw it, and it was awesome. Like, uh, I was not expecting it to be as as good as it is. Like, don't get me wrong, I didn't think it was going to be bad, but, like, it, the story it told was really engaging, and it really made a lot of sense, and the way the characters interact with each other was really good. The characters were all written very well. Uh, voice performances were fantastic. With one exception, um, I was not the biggest fan of uh, the voice. Uh, this is the Damien one. Uh, not, you know, and that's uh, to say anything bad about the actor who provided that. I just, I don't know. To me, it just didn't right. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It just it, it that's just not the voice I But that's really the only uh sort of negative thing I have to say about the voice in the film. Uh the writing was good. Like I said, all the characters were all handled very well. They all interacted with each other very well. And yeah, it was just it was it was just great. It was a fun ride. It's funny, you know, <laughs> like so yeah, man, check it out. Anybody who, if you haven't checked it out yet, do yourself a favor, check it out. You will have a great time. You will have a shell of a good time. Yeah, it's a turtles, turtles pun there. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which uh, again, that's a pretty. Uh, there's a pretty great moment in the film involving that particular. So just keep an eye out for it, Cliff. Man, you got to see it, man. It's so good. It's so good, and I was I I so wanted to hear your opinions on the film, but oh, don't worry, uh, maybe next you, time we'll we'll probably review this in depth next week, and um, well, I know sure. an, another movie that I really want to check out, and I know I just kind of going off script a little bit is uh Batman's Hush, because that really got my attention. Yes, yeah, because that is that is the next one, yeah, and I'm super excited for that one as well. That's on the DC universe. Hush is a seminal storyline from the comics so yeah super excited you still there cliff yeah Did we lose the feed again nope i am still here all right <sighs> internet here has me all weird all right we can cut this out anyway all right I got so all <laughs> so yeah yeah cliff and i are very excited about batman hush that's gonna be awesome can't wait for that uh so to keep the to keep the train uh, moving, we got we do have a bit of bad news to report on this week, and this is not oh boy, this is not something I enjoy reporting on, uh, but we have to because there's a lot of misinformation going on surrounding this topic, and like I've said before, if Nerds of the Roundtable does anything, it's that we will provide you with the most accurate and reliable news. And that's what we're here to do in regards to this topic. So last weekend, last Friday, Swamp Thing premiered on the DC Universe. Uh, 
we're going to give our reactions to that show later. So try not to talk about it too much here. But uh, needless to say, uh, without boiling anything, I thought that first episode was awesome. Uh, Cliff, what did you think of it? Just real quick. Oh, I loved it. I, I, that's all yeah, I can say. See, there, yeah, there you go. Shocking, right? Surprising. But, <laughs> but anyways, so imagine uh, how much of a sucker punch to the gut it was to find out almost immediately that the show has been canceled uh, before the first season has even finished airing. Uh, and uh, ever since the, the news of the cancellation came out, there's been a lot of um, just a lot of uh, inaccurate news and rumors being spread as to what happened and what this means for the future of the DC universe. Um, and uh, today we finally got some concrete uh, information as to just why the show has been canceled. So uh, Cliff and I spoke about this a little bit before we started recording. And, you know, uh, what Cliff, Cliff, uh, tell people what you heard in regards to the cancellation. Yeah, so a couple of days ago, it had been reported that uh, Swamp Thing had been canceled due to creative differences. You know, set one person wants to stay in a horror genre, someone wants to kind of move into a different kind of genre. Eventually, what happened was creative creative differences had happened and they had split due to it. Yes, that, uh, that is what I had initially heard as well. And uh, like I was saying to Cliff before we started recording, um, when I heard that, I thought, why would you? Uh, you know, people at Warner Brothers and DC, why would you clash with uh, James Wan over the direction of this show? You know, this is the guy who just delivered you a billion dollar hit with Aquaman. You know, why would you, you know, why would you want to challenge his creative control over a show like this? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so today we got some information that completely contradicts that and honestly makes a lot more sense. So this is the information that came out today. So what apparently happened was um, where the show was being filmed. Uh, I, I can't, I don't really remember where uh, Cliff, if you want to look that up for me real quick, that would really help. Uh, but anyway, so where they were shooting, uh, they, were, they were supposed to get, a large tax break, uh, which would help with the budget on the show and keep everything, you know, uh, relatively inexpensive. But due to a clerical mistake, that they did not receive the tax break, and so they ended up spending twice as much money on the show than they thought they were going to or what they were supposed to, and that's what led to the cancellation of the show uh the cost was just too great and they just cannot continue to fund the show which makes more sense uh even if it's a really stupid mistake on someone's part like i guarantee you someone lost their job over that <laughs> like, because if you make a mistake that big which causes you know however many hundreds of thousands of people to be out of a job I guarantee you, you are out of a job as well. So uh, 
you know, this, it sucks. There's no easy way to say that. I mean, this is terrible because like Cliff and I said, we've seen, we saw the first episode when it came out and I know we've both seen the second episode uh, as of today. Second episode went live today. So, and um, I love it. I love the show so much. And so it sucks to hear that because of one really bad mistake. Uh, we are no longer, we won't be getting any more, or or at least that seems to be the case. We don't know. That might change. Who knows? But uh, anyway, so with a lot of the misinformation as to why the show was canceled, there was also, you know, a bunch of uh, people started speculating and sp- spreading false rumors and misinformation about what this meant for the DC universe as a streaming platform. You know, people immediately went into, Oh no, the DC universe is in trouble. It's going to get shut down. Uh, If you use the DC universe uh, app, like Cliff and I do, uh, there's a community board section on there as well that you can check. Like you can use it to interact with other fans and viewers and whatnot. But so there was a statement posted on there as well to help clear things up. It reads, the full 10-episode season of Swamp Thing will continue to air on DC Universe with new episodes released weekly. There are no current plans for a season two. We appreciate there are questions as to why, but unfortunately we are are not in a position to answer at this time. And now, the good news. DC Universe continues to develop new shows, new seasons, new stories, more availability, and more platforms. We've got a lot of exciting plans for our other shows in the works and look forward to sharing more in the coming months. That's all the information I have to share at this time. Now that you have the goods, we will be going back through the threads and removing the false rumors and speculation that this choice means DC Universe or any of our other original series were affected. So, you know, there you have it. A statement from uh, DC and the DC Universe the platform is not in trouble. There's no, they're not in any danger of being shut down. All the other shows are still in production. They're still moving forward with all the other series. And even before all this, when people started speculating that, oh no, people aren't, you know, the DC universe might get shut down. Warner Brothers themselves even came out and said, that's not true. Like we're very happy with the, the numbers we're doing, the amount of users we're getting. DC universe isn't going anywhere. So to everybody out there that's spreading, uh, spreading these false rumors and reporting on misinformation, stop it. Knock it off. Like, what do, you, what do you think you're accomplishing by doing that? Nothing. You're damaging your own reputations. That's all you're doing. So, yeah, that's... It sucks that the show got canceled over a boneheaded mistake like that. But, you know, there it is. There's the news. Uh, That's as accurate and as reliable as it's going to get. So anybody out there listening, spread the word. Let's try and squash this uh, sort of, I don't even want to call it a smear campaign, but I don't know what else to call it. But, like, let's try and stop this, all right? Because it's getting ridiculous, the amount of uh, lies and misinformation that's out there. So... Uh, Cliff, what do you think about all this? All right, so let's touch on two things. One thing you had mentioned before, you're wondering about the original mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Alan Scott is who mm-hmm. you're looking for. Alan Scott, yes, thank two, you. 
filming location that you're looking for for Swamp Thing, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So, North guys, Carolina. That's right. If you got anybody to be mad, yeah, so mad it was at the... be mad at them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they chose to shoot there because they were they were going to get some huge tax break, and then, like I said, uh, someone forgot to file some paperwork or whatever, and that didn't end up happening. So, ugh. It reminds me so, of yeah, uh, Cliff. What do you what do you feel? How do you feel about this whole thing? So, knowing that there was like a a, a clerical error, one hundred percent reminds mm-hmm. me of there was a player. So we're gonna go into the sports world for a quick second, and it's, you'll see the point. Mm-hmm. So Elvis Dumervel, big mm-hmm. uh, big defensive end from the Broncos, he was supposed to be signing uh, mm-hmm. a deal to extend him out. Right, he agreed to the terms of the deal. But they had to have the contract signed by, I think it was like 2 p.m., right? So mm-hmm. at 2.01 p.m., Elvis Dumerville was released <laughs> by the Broncos. Why, you might ask? Well, I'm sorry. At 1.59, he was released. Why, you might ask? Because of a yeah. faxing error. So his agent <laughs> did not fax the paperwork to the right phone number for the Broncos. And so yeah. Denver cut him. Um and he went and played yeah. with like the Ravens. So similar concept here. So because you're not double double and checking your work to make sure that that's a pretty big deal because think about it, like all the jobs that are being lost in North Carolina just because there's yeah. an error. It's like a huge deal because you're talking about two, three hundred people that are trying that are feeding their families and you fuck up the paperwork and now you cost all these people their jobs. Like not only yeah. should you be fired, you should be black flagged from the fucking yeah. industry. Yeah, like, you should never be allowed to work in the industry ever again over something like that. Like, yeah, if, seriously, if you cause that many people to lose their jobs, like you should millions of dollars are lost. Yeah, per episode because you fucked up. Yeah, like, like seriously, whoever you are, just. Go away, crawl into a hole, and never come out ever again. Like, I will never forgive you for this. No. <laughs> yeah, sh- man, it just it sucks. It's terrible, man. Because, like, you know, like, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but, I mean, the show is, it's so good. And, like, I want more. I want more, and it sucks that we're not going to get more, at least for the time being. So Yeah. Well, maybe they'll find like a new location and it'll be like, hey guys, we'll give you those tax breaks. We'll guarantee that you have them right. And mm-hmm. then you guys can continue sh- continue filming. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. the show yeah. is... I mean, that would be great. Yeah, that's what I would like to see. I mean, I get it. It's North Carolina. Um, it's it, They really do a lot, like, as far as, like, giving great breaks for the film industry because a lot of stuff gets filmed there. I know, like, Georgia mm-hmm. and Alabama, Louisiana, they're all, like, hot water with the whole political side. I don't even want to get into it. But movie studios are looking yeah. to uproot <laughs> from there and go to other areas. So I'm sure, like, somebody somewhere, like, some state is going to be like, hey, why don't you come film over here? Like, honestly, like, you're in North Carolina, but you're, the show is is supposed to be based out of Louisiana. You could film that in Nebraska. Yeah. Dude, I bet, like, they have a lake there. <laughs> Straight you up. You can just turn it to a swamp-looking thing and just roll. <laughs> Straight up, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, Cliff and I are from Nebraska. Like, we know. <laughs> like, 
if you need help scouting locations, we'll help you out. Like we know all the places there. So <laughs> we could go to Colorado. But seriously, man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you want to, I mean, you got, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Like we're going to get into the show later, but like, uh, but yeah. So yeah, man, like, uh, like I really hope they find a way to keep the show going because everything I've seen from it so far is great. And I would hate for the show to end because like we said before, somebody made some really stupid mistakes like that, that if that's the end of the show, like I, I don't know, man. <laughs> like it just, mad. it sucks. Yeah. Like I'm already frustrated about the whole thing. I, it's, yeah, it's just, it's stupid. Like, my goodness. Uh, all right. So, you know, that's, that's just the cold, hard facts about that whole thing. And like I was saying to Cliff, like, I wanted to bring that up because I want to clear everything up because. As I said, people are out there spreading false information, and, and you know, it's that's not good. So, if anything, the mission statement here at Nerds of the Roundtable is to report the most accurate and reliable news. So, that's what I'm. That's what we've done. Uh, the situation is terrible. Uh, I really hope they can save the show. Uh, but until we hear otherwise, uh, it looks like the show's over, and that's that sucks. But uh, let's keep this moving because we've got some we've got some really good stuff that came out this week as well. Um, one of the biggest things that happened this week that made me really happy and got me really excited is they announced that the Joker movie is officially rated R, and that. Uh, I could breathe a sigh of relief because that means there's no, you know, there's no kid gloves on the Joker in this movie. They can really dive into his psyche and explore just why he's so messed up and they don't have to shy away from the brutality of the character. Again, I'm not sure if that's why it's rated R. Uh, although every Todd Phillips movie has been rated R. So, I mean, it's just good to know that they, they let him make a film the way he intended to without having to uh, water it down. So that was really cool to hear. That was really great to find out. And like I said, it, it, it just really put me at ease in regards to that film. Uh, Cliff, what do you think about Joker being R rated? Oh, I'm, I'm hyped. I feel like, well, actually, you know what? I'm hyped, but I'm going to have to scale it back. Right. Because I was about to say some things that's going to get me caught up. And that's the, every rated R movie that's been comic book related has been fire. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want it to stop <laughs> at the Joker. <laughs> I'd be like, well, that sucked. Great job, Cliff. Um, so mm-hmm. no, I'm happy because you do get that, you get that deep psyche dive. Like you were saying, um, you're going to get this more intense version um, once like mm-hmm. the full Joker comes out. So I'm definitely, I mean, the more I'm starting to see it, the warm, more I'm starting to warm up to it. I know I've said it before where I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. But the more that things start to leak out about it and the things that are said about it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will go check it out with an open mind. And yeah, I, you know, I don't want to go in there and be like, this movie's going to suck. Because then it will. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go in open-minded and go check it out and give it a real shot. Because I really feel like 
um, even though I'm not a huge fan of Phoenix, I I am a huge mm-hmm. fan of Todd Phillips because I do love yeah. a lot of movies he does. So I have to give him that. So I have to go in there with an open oh, yeah. mind and know that this is going to be some fire. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I I'm a I'm a huge fan of Todd Phillips. Um, and and honestly, that's what got me really excited about this movie as well. Like, you know, because the last couple of movies he's done have been really, really solid. So, yeah, man, I just, like I said, I feel like uh, getting the R rating on this film, it, it, it shows that he didn't have to compromise his vision. And that's that's always a good thing. That is always a good thing when an artist is allowed to create uh, the art that he wants to, or she, you know. Uh, so yeah, I I feel like this is, you know, it, this is good news. This is good news. Like I said, it got me really excited when I found out. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, we're talking about the Joker, and so uh, another piece of news that came out this week um, that there has been a lot of misinformation about out there i still hear people uh saying the wrong things about this and again i want to put accurate news out there so we were hoping to see something from the joker and birds of prey and or wonder woman 1984 at san diego comic-con this year uh but warner brothers and dc announced this uh this week that they would be sitting out Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. Now, before you uh, take that the wrong way, like almost everybody else has on the internet, that doesn't mean they won't be at San Diego Comic-Con. They will be. Warner Brothers and DC are indeed going to Comic-Con this year. They are sitting out Hall H. Now, if you don't know what Hall H is, that's the big, like... uh, event hall at the convention center where all the big studios and networks and you know what have you that's the hall where they hold their panels and they they do like the trailer reveals or uh the cast and crew panels like the interviews and stuff so warner brothers in dc are not doing a hall h panel this year they are going to san diego comic-con that's the thing i want everybody to know because I hear people out there saying like, oh, they're not going to Comic-Con this year. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay? I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. Warner Brothers and DC are indeed going to Comic-Con this year. They just are not doing a Hall H panel. All right? Everybody calm down. <laughs> uh, and so... Some of the other people out there who understand this the way I do uh, began speculating on as to why they're sitting out Hall H this year. Um, and somebody, uh, I'll just go ahead and name drop him, uh, Mike Kalinowski. If you know who that guy is, he's awesome. If you don't know who he is, go follow him on, on Instagram. He's a, he's a huge comic book nerd, huge Batman fan. Uh, I love the guy. Shout outs to Mike. Uh, but he brought up some interesting points as to why they might be sitting out haulage this year. He brought up the fact that uh, over the last couple of years, everything they present at Comic-Con, they release officially online immediately. 
So maybe that's why, because they're just like, well, we put everything up online anyway, so there's really no point in doing a Hall H panel where those panels are supposed to be exclusively to Comic-Con, but that's not the case anymore. So it's like, well, why do that? Uh, and then the other thing he brought up was, you know, and this is true as, as much as this kind of comes off negative, but this is also true. Um, in recent years, Warner Brothers and DC has kind of run into some bad luck with some of the announcements or some of the, the creatives that they bring on stage, like uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who was supposed to direct the Flash movie, and then he dropped out. And then, you know, Ben Affleck was up there talking about, oh, of course I'm going to be the Batman in the Batman movie. And then, like, that's obviously not happening. So, you know, maybe they're just, maybe they're sitting this one out because they're like, hey, we don't want to be up there promising things that aren't going to happen. So if that's the case, I totally understand. I get it. I guarantee you we're going to see footage from something, whether it's Wonder Woman or Birds of Prey or what have you. But, you know, I'm sure they're just going to be showing it off on the convention floor. And then, you know, it'll be released online for everybody else who's not there. So honestly, this sounds like a win-win to me. Cliff, what do you think about this whole thing? No, I'm okay with that. Especially with, uh, you know, like you had mentioned, the string of bad luck that those guys have um, at mm-hmm. the Comic-Con. It just makes sense. Like, maybe we'll just keep everything close to heart this time. Hopefully things don't go bad. If they do go bad, yeah. uh, then they can come back to Hall H next year. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, you know, like the, the whole reason I want to talk about this is because people are like, oh, they're not going to Comic-Con. Yes, they are. That's really what I want people to understand. They are going. They're just not doing Hall H. Um, but one of the other big pieces of news that came out this week was uh, w- once this announcement was made, uh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins and uh, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, they, they both sort of uh, took to social media and they dropped a bombshell on us this week and it was amazing. It was awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, they released the Wonder Woman 84 poster, the official poster. And my goodness, <laughs> that poster is amazing. I want it right now. Like if I could have that poster on my wall right now, I would be so ecstatic because it's beautiful. Like uh, the color palette, the aesthetic, that new armor that Wonder Woman is wearing in the, in the poster. Like I, I immediately made it my, my lock screen. So, so yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Cliff, what do you think of this poster? I thought it was very loud, like very, <laughs> and and it's gonna sound funny, mm-hmm. maybe a little cliche when I say this. Very nineteen eighty ish, you know what I mean? And obviously because oh, this yeah. movie is gonna take place in uh, nineteen eighty four, um, well in the eighties mm-hmm. too. Uh, it just it speaks yeah. out and it's very loud, and I love it though, man. Like I thought. The colors definitely stand out to me. I'm actually, it's funny that we're talking about it because I'm looking at it right now because I just want to look again at it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Her her new armor <laughs> looks incredible. Like there's yeah, all sorts of cool fantastic. stuff that's coming out for this movie that I just cannot wait to see. Uh, yeah, me too, man. And no, yeah, like I think you nailed it. Like when, you know, you said it, it, it looks very 1980s. Uh, I mean, obviously that's on purpose, uh, but also it's funny you bring that up because Patty Jenkins even talked about that a little bit. Like she said, she chose to set the film in 1984 for a very specific reason uh, because of like 
what was going on at the time and what that means to like how that would resonate even to today. And so I'm very intrigued by this film. She also did an interview where she said, because I don't, uh, I don't know how many people remember the film was supposed to come out this year, I think November this year. Uh, but then it got pushed back to June of next year. And at the time, Patty Jenkins was very happy about that because she said it would give her more time to, to, you know, to refine the film and get it just right. But she recently did an interview where she was talking about how, oh, I wish, I wish we hadn't pushed the date back because the way she was talking about it, she was so excited. Like she, she said, like she wants to get the movie out to the people as soon as possible because she's so excited. And she, she, she said like, you know, uh, she knows people are going to love it. So it's great to see that level of excitement and enthusiasm from the film's director. And that kind of excitement got me super excited. It's like, oh man, she must have something up her sleeve if she's this excited. So yeah, man, like I can't, I can't wait to see this movie. Can't wait. Uh, final thoughts on this cliff. I need this movie out now. That's what I really need. <laughs> Same. I need it. Need Patty, it right you now. were right. I I need this movie now. Like it's I know it should have been out, you know, this year at least. I need it like tomorrow. So we need to get that director's cut like pushed <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Like if you you know, hey, if anybody over at Warner Brothers wants to leak that movie, like, you know, I'm not gonna say no. But <laughs> But yeah, man, I'm I, I'm so hyped for this movie. I can't. I I love that first Wonder Woman movie. Like I I still rewatch it. You know, every couple of weeks. Like I it it still hits me every time. Like I love that movie so much. So yeah, please please give me more. Please give me more. Uh, but so yeah, so all this sort of came about because of the the Comic Con announcement this week. Um, so in keeping with that. Cliff, I know there was some other Comic-Con news uh, that came out that you uh, brought up to me. So why don't you go ahead and uh, share with the people out there what you what you have for us. Yeah, so we know that Disney and Marvel will be at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, one of the biggest things I did want to talk about, though, um, and we kind of missed mm-hmm. the two, which is kind of my fault, but this kind of coincides with it. Uh, so Disney did release... Their uh, mo- their plans for movies uh, going forward. Now, card subject to change. Those of you who are wrestling fans will get that. Um, mm-hmm. But we do know, of course, Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and Toy Story 4 were coming out. Um, the Lion King. So you all know the movies that are coming out this year, including Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Um, as we get to 2020, though, it starts to get a little interesting, right? So mm-hmm. we have another Pixar movie. We have another Marvel movie. Uh, the New Mutants will be coming out, which, of course, that's all part of the Fox merger, where we're going to start seeing uh, their movies also get released at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Jungle Cruise, which uh, we'll dig deep into that, actually, a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll get a little bit into that a little bit later. Uh, also, we do have uh, another uh, Marvel movie coming out uh, November 6th of 20, uh, 2020. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, a lot of speculations are coming out um, about a Black Panther movie. There's also uh, a third mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie that people have been talking about. So it'll be very curious to see what movies are going to get released. And we'll probably find that out um, you know, at San Diego Comic-Con. Again, what movies are going to be coming. Mm-hmm. One that I found interesting and we'll, 
we kind of joked about this right before we came on the air is uh, mm-hmm. starting in uh, July 9th of 2021. Um, we are getting a new Indiana Jones movie. So we were joking about this because obviously <laughs> Antonio and I, we have very strong feelings on the Crystal Skull and uh, yeah, <laughs> not as the positive ones. Some some well, legends just it, need to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because Cliff, um, like he was saying, we 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 kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. It's, you know, I love Indiana Jones, I really do. But like you said, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull just really soured me <laughs> on the whole thing. Like like. I don't think we need any more Indiana Jones. Like, uh, like I hate to be, a, you know, a naysayer, but it's like, it feels like ever since Disney started acquiring all these other properties, that, like, as soon as they got a hold of Lucasfilm, they were like, "People love Star Wars. Let's make a billion more Star Wars movies." Make and then, all of the course, Star we Wars. saw how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, we saw how that turned out, and they were like, "Let's do more Indiana Jones," and we're like. Let's not. Like we don't <laughs> we're good. We're good on Indiana Jones. Like, don't get me wrong. If they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. Like that's all fine. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm hoping it's awesome. I really am. But it's kind of hard to be excited about it right now. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Worry. So here's here's like an interesting thing, right? Um mm-hmm. so May I want to touch back in 2020, right? So we have May 1st. We'll have another Marvel movie coming out. And then November 6th of 2020. Here's where another thing is kind of interesting. We're getting another Marvel movie February 12th, uh, 2021. We're getting another one May 7th, 2021. And then we're getting another one November 5th of 2021. So what movies will be coming out will probably be later released with uh, San Diego Comic-Con because you that's where big mm-hmm. announcements get made. Or even at D23, we'll see those announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found those to be interesting because yeah, as the dates start to kind of reveal themselves, we're going to see a lot more of these movies coming out. Um, and then I think the one that a lot of people were kind I think a lot of people were actually more upset with this than they were excited, right? Uh, December 16th, 2022, we have a Star Wars movie coming out. And then we'll have another Star Wars movie coming out, uh, 12-20-24 and 12-18-26. So we have another trilogy that's going to be making its appearance. Yeah. Where it is and where it goes, we'll find out after Rise of the Skywalkers. But it's just, it's crazy to think that we're going to come out with another trilogy for it. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've actually heard uh, a bit about that. It's um, like that's apparently what Disney's uh, plan moving forward with Star Wars is. Like they're not like remember their plan originally was one new Star Wars movie every year, but obviously that's not happening anymore because of certain reactions to certain, you know, it's the internet. You know what happened, but uh, so <laughs> they've kind of decided to cool down and they said okay maybe not one every year one every two years which i think is better i think that's um and so the next trilogy they have is and i don't know how well this is going to go over with people after seeing how well or how not well they responded to this other thing but it's from the the showrunners of game of thrones like they're doing a new trilogy 
And then, of course, Ryan Johnson is also doing his trilogy as well. So, you know, uh, although I don't know which one is coming first. I think it might be the guy, the one from the, the Game of Thrones guys, but, you know, we'll see. So, yeah, no, uh, it's interesting. Some of the news uh, that's coming out of Disney uh, and or Marvel. Uh, I want to talk. I want to touch real quick on a rumor that I heard and Cliff. Uh, tell me if you heard this one. So we know uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out uh, this year. So the rumor I heard originally is that Marvel was looking to introduce Deadpool in the third Spider-Man movie to kind of bring him into the MCU. Uh, And then almost immediately that was dismissed. And then this other rumor came out. They said, no, they don't want to put Deadpool in Spider-Man 3. They want to bring in Tom Hardy's Venom in Spider-Man 3. Or rather, the third Spider-Man movie. So, Cliff, what, what do you make of all this? So I've heard, I've heard both rumors, right, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the Deadpool one goes... It would be very interesting, only because, like, obviously Marvel is very PG with, uh, on PG-13, mm-hmm. with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, as well as, like, Homecoming. And I, we obviously know Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is a rated R movie, but to bring mm-hmm. him into the, very much so. to that universe, it's interesting, because I know they want to introduce, they want to find a way to introduce the X-Men into the universe, right? Into the, the Marvel universe, and it looks like they're trying to like plug and play and figure out how what's going to happen. I think the one I'm really mm-hmm. kind of interested in is Tom Hardy, especially being Venom, and because the because mm-hmm. the crazy part is is um, and correct me if I'm wrong. In Venom, he acknowledged that there was a scandal in New York, and that's why he fled and went to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. have him come back. It would be you either a have him come back or b explain like what that scandal was and then kind of introduce him coming back to New York, and then obviously everything can yeah. happen after that. But I think with how bad Sony fucked up Venom the first time around, I'm very nervous about having anything to do with like the Marvel world. And I know Disney has done a better job of taking care of Spider-Man, especially with you know. Civil War and Homecoming, as well as Infinity Endgame, and even how it looks like in Away from Home, it just it still scares me to have him in that movie. And it's like, I just I don't want it to happen, especially because Venom teased Carnage. Spoiler alert for those who didn't mm-hmm. know, um, with Carnage being in there. And well, now you're talking me, about let me more... let me get let me get your opinion on something, Cliff. Did you? Uh... What did you think of Venom, the movie? What did you like it? Did you not like it? Like, what what were your thoughts on? Because we never discussed that movie. Yeah. So, like, so what did you think of that movie? I've had I'm very mixed about it. I'd like the idea. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of all the, of the symbiotes. I'm I'm just that's the way I am. Um, the problem I have with the movie though is that it's I, I feel like it's conflicting a little bit with itself. Like, obviously, like. Tom Hardy is conflicting with himself as Eddie Brock and Venom. Um, I guess I did like some of the things that that Venom did say about himself, like how he was a loser on his own planet, which I, I kind of mm-hmm. appreciated that. 
Um, <laughs> but it was like, I don't know, it just felt very odd to me, the way it just kind of placed out. And it was almost like, I felt like they were trying to erase the other symbiotes just so they can introduce Carnage. And, well, make well, make uh, no lure towards Yeah, them. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I get that. But I mean, like, I also understand that, like, if you're doing... If you're doing Venom, like obviously the goal that you want, you want to get to Venom versus Carnage. Like, right. I mean, that's obviously where you're going to go. So, I, I, I mean, I get that. I get that that's what you want to do. Um, I liked the movie. You know, again, I'm in the minority here, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't great. It definitely has its its flaws, but. I think the movie is watchable just for Tom Hardy. Although I can say that about anything Tom Hardy is in. Cause I really appreciated just how out there his performance was. Like he did so many just strange things with his performance, but I think it works for the most part. Uh, so yeah, I, I was very entertained by the film. I do acknowledge that it has its flaws. I do. I'm not saying it's perfect, but on the whole, I did enjoy it. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the character potentially appearing in the Marvel, the MCU proper. Yeah. Because as it is right now, he does not exist in that universe. Like Venom is a Sony picture right in association with marvel entertainment this is not a marvel studios film and I know, just like, like uh into the spider-verse is not a marvel studios film well like i so, know like certain parts of the movie right like they kind of mm-hmm. like teased it right where like um iron like tony stark's harley davidson is like chilling and like on the street right so they want to kind of like add little pieces to it without like actually saying like hey he's in this universe because i remember like on the set while they were filming venom like there was a motorcycle that was sitting on the parking lot and it said stark industries on the cycle so i know like Mm -hmm. they want to kind of like include it without like having to say too much about it i think yeah yeah. it's just his character like his performance wise just it doesn't to me i guess and it, it would I would have to see it to like fully like get it. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't fit cuz I mean it's like Venom is like a super dark dude and that movie was super dark and like on the contrary where like Spider-Man is kind of like I don't want to say it's upbeat. It's just it's an emotional roller coaster. It's just that well, it's a different it's like a different it just feels like a different tone. You know what I mean? Well, Spider-Man, I mean like I get where people would would say that like if if their only knowledge of spider-man is from the movies but like spider-man comic book spider-man is typically a pretty happy-go-lucky character and he really only has like a handful of tragic events in his life whereas the movies kind of focus on nothing but the tragic events in his life so you know i that's sort of the, the one thing that i've i've really kind of disliked about all the spider-man movies is they like i said they kind of just take every tragic element from the character's backstory 
and jam that into every movie. And it's like, you, this character is supposed to be like a, a happy, like a guy who loves being a superhero and loves his life. But every single one of these movies paints his life to be like this miserable existence. So I would love to see that. And especially like, and I'm not saying I want to see Venom in one of these movies, but like, I honestly feel like that would be a good uh, juxtaposition. Like if you have Tom Holland, Spider-Man finally be a happy guy, you know, he's loving life and, you know, he loves being Spider-Man. And then you have like this, alien monster show up and be like oh i'm gonna you know and tear your head off spider-man i'd totally be into that but i mean you know this is these are all just rumors and speculation at this point so and i think for me i feel like the comedic timing though that deadpool brings as far and you could even do it with with Mm -hmm. just ryan reynolds um like just the way he Mm -hmm. brings i think his character wise he would flow right into the spider-man universe and into the Marvel world, and yeah, it, it no, introduce I... him with with that. I mean, it's just funny to me, and I think and I know Tom Hardy can be funny because I've seen movies where he's like like upbeat and he's kind of like in a happy tone. Well, he was, but and he I... was funny in Venom too. Like there were funny moments in that movie. So, yeah, and I... that's what I mean about his his performance in that film. Like he did some very interesting things. So I don't know, man. Like I, it's just an odd situation to be in. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like either one of these characters could work Deadpool more so since the character is sort of a, a Spider-Man fanboy. So I think that that would be a better way to go. And like, you can always kind of have Deadpool sort of acknowledge that, you know, oh, I'm in a PG-13 universe now. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't love- know, man, like it, it, it's 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 strange. I would love to have him like use. I would love some of the lines that were used from uh, Spider-Man XD to be used as <laughs> like punchlines. Because like I don't know if you ever saw the episode where they introduced Deadpool oh, to I Spider-Man. I would yeah. love where he was just like, "Oh, I see you have crossword puzzles on your arms." Oh, wait, no, those are webs. Those are definitely webs. I like those. Those <laughs> that's a nice touch. I just there's like certain things that I would like to see like where he calls him like a boy. All the time, like I, there's just certain mm-hmm. things I just I can imagine seeing Deadpool saying. But I do give credit where credit is due. If Tom Hardy does cross over into the to the Marvel universe, trust me, I am 100 percent back behind it because I do like Tom Hardy. I have to put that out there. I don't want people to think that oh, like yeah. Cliff just anti Tom Hardy. No, I'm anti. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm anti like bullshit. I just want some. I want good. I'm I, anti bad movie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think we all are, but no, yeah, like I, I, I love Tom Hardy, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see him. And on, like, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up is like I heard that's why, again, this is just a rumor I heard, but I heard that's why Venom was not rated R. It, it was because the people at Sony wanted to be able to cross the two properties over at some point. And, you know, if you had an R-rated Venom, trying to cross that over with, like, a PG-13 Spider-Man would be kind of difficult. So, I don't know, man. It feels like that is the groundwork they were laying. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm sure, I'll be honest. 
I really want to see what Carnage is going to look like in the Venom universe. I that's I have to put that out there. Like that's my high hopes right yeah. now is seeing that role play out. Yeah, me too. Cause I'm I saw that uh, the mid credit scene there, and I was like, dude. Number one, you got Woody Harrelson, <laughs> and he. I mean, if anybody out there has seen Natural Born Killers, like you know, he's capable of playing like a a really unhinged character, which is what uh, Cletus Cassadi is supposed to be. It's Cassadi, not Cassidy, uh, and that's who that character is supposed to be. So when I saw him, I was like, "Oh man, they really swung for the fences on that casting." <laughs> so right. yeah, man, like I really want to see that. I really do. Yes, speaking of speaking of cards, this is probably something I should have said. Um, there is a new comic series that's coming out. I think it's called um, mm-hmm. Maximum Carnage or something. It's with Carnage, but essentially the storyline mm-hmm. is that Carnage is gonna rip through every single person who's ever had a symbiote, like who's ever been touched by the symbiotes. Wow. So I'm like I'm <laughs> very interested. It doesn't come out till August, so I'm very interested in catching this first issue. Um, yeah, so I'll be nerding out with that nice. series. <laughs> Just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that you did because, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up as well. I'm going to talk a little bit later about some comic books that I'm reading. Yeah, Cliff, thanks for bringing that up because I want to start highlighting certain comic books on the show because we touched on it when we did our episode with uh, Brad, the DC. Geek. We kind of talked to comics there for a little bit, but I feel like for a show that's like for nerds and geek culture, we don't talk enough about books. So hopefully we'll do more of that. Like Cliff, if you do start reading that, I want to get your reviews, your reactions. Absolutely. So keep us on that. Absolute yeah. carnage. And like I said, later I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about absolute carnage. Keep a look, keep a look out for that. Cliff, you definitely have to read that and give us your thoughts on it. So, and like I said, later I'm going to talk about some comics that I'm. All right, so that's the that's sort of the big Comic Con news that came this week. Uh, like I said, there was a lot to unpack. So <laughs> here we go. Today we got uh, a big update on something that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, this news kind of a mixed bag i mean don't get me wrong i'm still excited because it means that this project is moving forward so uh earlier this year obviously uh shazam came out i mentioned the film earlier but uh shazam came out it was uh, a critical success it was a box office box office success uh and of course we knew that if that were the case that uh dwayne the rock johnson's solo black adam movie was uh, a sure thing to happen. And from the news we got today, literally just uh, a few hours ago, it looks like that's the case. We, the film, the Black Adam film has its director. And <laughs> this is something Cliff and I had to look up. We had to look up how to pronounce this guy's name properly. Uh, and I think we settled on, what was it, Cliff? Um, <laughs> uh, how may? Yeah, how may Colette Serra? Serra. Sorry if I'm, I, I butchered the double R there. 
which is a no-no for me because I come from a Hispanic family. But yeah, so this is uh, apparently the director for the Black Adam film. Um, I mentioned that it was kind of a mixed bag because Cliff and I immediately looked at his filmography and eh, it's kind of not great. But I think, but Cliff brought up something and I thought, oh, that must be, that must be the connective tissue there. He is the director on Jungle Cruise, which is a film that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is starring in. And so I have to imagine that whatever working relationship he and Dwayne forged on that film is what got him in the room for the job. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't, that there's no way that's a coincidence. Uh, But if any of you are wondering like what he's directed prior to this uh, and Cliff brought this up and uh, it immediately got me talking (laughs) as well. Uh, It's a lot of stuff starring Liam Neeson. (laughs) Uh, the Commuter, The Shallows, Run All Night, Nonstop, Unknown. And then prior to that, he directed stuff like Orphan, which is a really messed up horror movie, if you've never seen it. <laughs> uh, I watched it, uh, I think it was on like HBO or uh, Showtime or something. I saw I saw it on TV and it, it, it messed me up. Um, and he did the remake of House of Wax back in 2005. So yeah, like I said, it's kind of uh, kind of hit or miss uh, with this guy, but I. It looks like there's a lot of horror on there. Like I said, there's The Shallows, Orphan, and House of Wax, and then like I, like Cliff mentioned to me, a lot of Liam Neeson. Uh, but then I said to Cliff, I was like, "Does that mean Liam Neeson's going to be in the Black Adam movie?" If so, I'm not cross our fingers for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> uh, who who he'd be playing, I don't know. But I mean, if he's in it, that's cool with me. Uh, and especially since Liam Neeson has history with DC, you know, he was Ra's al Ghul in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. So, um, yeah, you know. Like I said, uh, not a whole lot to report on just other than like this news broke literally just a couple hours ago. So uh, depending on who you talk to, he either is the director or he's in negotiations to direct it. So, you know, there it is. Cliff, what do you think about this? No, I'm hyped. Um, You know, like you said, he's got a it sounds like he's got a good relationship with uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson. Uh, So I have to give him big shouts for that. People are going to make fun of me on here for saying it that way. Trust me, guys. <laughs> we we in the wrestling business, that's how we refer to him. Because no one knows him by Dwayne. So anyway, uh, he has a great relationship <laughs> with The Rock. Uh, so obviously that was what got him in the door. And probably people went back and checked like who he's worked with. They saw that he obviously worked with Liam Neeson. And, uh, you know, so he, and let's be real, man. Liam only does badass films. So they're like, mm-hmm. you know what? He's a badass. The Rock's a badass. We'll just put him in this badass film right now. And uh, so I have to give big props and hope him the best. Wish him the best because uh, I'll be watching that movie very intently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Like, that. that's really all um, I really have to say about this. Is like, it, it, if, it, if anything you take away from that, it means that, yeah, the Black Adam movie is indeed coming. Uh, so this is this is good news, I think. 
no matter how you cut it. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. Like, and if you've seen Shazam, uh, like I'm, I'm not gonna mild spoilers. They, they do. How do I, how do I say this without spoiling it? Um, they do reference Black Adam in the film, and uh, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So, uh, so yeah, so that part of that movie got me excited. So obviously, I'm excited for any news that comes out about this movie. So, yeah, super excited. And then a piece of news that Cliff reminded me of that, uh, yeah, I definitely want to talk about it on the show. Um, I can't remember exactly when this this story broke. I think it was this week, wasn't it, Cliff? Um, the so apparently Quentin Tarantino is developing a Django Zorro crossover movie with comedian uh, Gerard Carmichael, <laughs> and uh, I mean that's don't get me wrong. Like I laugh, but I mean I laugh because like I think this is awesome. Like really. Uh, it's based on a comic book that Tarantino himself wrote. Um, it's the inclusion of Gerard Carmichael that is interesting to me uh, because does that, uh, so is Gerard Carmichael going to be Django in this movie? Cause I can't imagine it's going to be uh, Jamie Foxx. There's no way, like there's no way this is going to be a sequel to Django Unchained. I'm, I have not seen anything on it so far. So that's why I'm like, I'm very curious to find out like more information on it. I just thought the crossover was interesting. And then right. knowing that we're going to, yo, if we could, can we bring Antonio Banderas and Jamie Foxx together in this movie? Cause that would be fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. That would be sort of the ideal way to go. I mean, you would maximize your your uh, your ticket sales because if it's like, hey, this is the Zorro that you recognize and this is the Django that you recognize. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like I said, it. Uh, I was reading the story and it's like, it said he was developing this for Gerard Carmichael and that's what makes me ask the question, is he going to be Django in this movie? So I don't know, man. Like I said, there, there's not a whole lot of information about it other than this is something Tarantino is developing. So, I mean, either way, I'm excited because Zorro is a character that, you know, obviously being a Mexican-American kid growing up, that's a character I loved since I was a child. I mean, when I was growing up, it was Zorro and Batman for me. Like, those were the two guys I looked up to most. Um so yeah, man, like you put Zorro in anything, I'll be there. <laughs> like that's that's just the way it is. So yeah, I'm glad Cliff brought this up. Like he reminded me because when he said it, I was like, oh yeah, I did hear that story. Let's talk about it. So yeah, here we are. Here we are. It's pretty cool, I think. I hope it happens. I really do. Cliff, uh, well, what, do you, what are your thoughts? What are your hopes? Like what, what do you think of this whole thing? I mean, if anything, I would like this to be, like, I would like it to be a sequel, but I would like it to be where he runs, like, south, and like, further south, obviously, into Texas, mm -hmm. and uh, then right. he meets up with the legendary swordsman, and they uh, just go on this crazy adventure, and uh, this movie would not yeah. be complete unless we have Cheech 
in the movie as well. So he has to be one of my picks. And I need uh, Danny Trejo <laughs> in the movie too. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Put I mean, Danny Trejo. Tar- Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are friends, so I'm sure he'll he'd ask Robert like, "Hey, can you get Danny over here?" Yes. <laughs> so. I'm just yeah, man. I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I really hope it happens. So let's everybody keep your fingers crossed. I hope this moves forward. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm. Uh, we're talking about Zorro, and I said like growing up, Zorro and Batman, <laughs> those were my guys. And uh, here we are. We're going to talk about Batman here, and it's going to in relation to a story we reported on. What was it? Three weeks ago now. So if you remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the whole Robert Pattinson Batman thing. And at the time, people were saying like it was fact when it was not. Uh, But here we are, and it's official. Uh, Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. Boy. uh, (laughs) I was really hoping it wasn't going to be him. Uh, And it's funny we're talking about this after I just saw dark phoenix because as i was watching that movie and i was watching uh our boy nicholas holt in that movie i couldn't i was watching him in that movie and i just kept thinking like that dude should be batman uh and then here i had to return to the crushing reality that it's uh robert (laughs) but like i said before i'm not going to be that guy you know, uh, when I was at the convention last weekend, uh, that was like right after the news broke that it's official Robert Pattinson is Batman. So it was funny. Almost everybody I talked to at the convention was found out I was a big Batman fan. They were like, about Robert Pattinson, do you, what do you think about that? And I told them, I said, you know what? I'll give the guy a chance. Like, I mean, I... I don't like Robert Pattinson. I don't like that he's our Batman, but I'll give him a go. You know, I'll give him the chance to press me or uh, disappoint me. So I I know I've said it on the show before and I'm saying it again. I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to wait and see. So, you know, that's that's what it is. My opinion has not changed at all, but uh, it hasn't changed that. I'm not going to... I'm not going to bash the guy until I see his performance. So that's really all I have to say about it. Once again, Cliff, uh, what do you think? Do you have anything to add? uh, Add? No. Uh, I guess (laughs) the one thing for me is, um, I know I said it last time that I'm going to be that guy that's like, no, fuck him. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hold off on judgment as well. Uh, I'm going to go in with, like I've been saying kind of lately, I'm trying to go in with like an open mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very down originally with Heath Ledger as Joker, and I was very much sold on him. Uh, I really didn't know how I was going to feel about an Australian uh, playing a guy with adamantium in his bones. (laughs) Uh, I can't (laughs) fucking love him too. Uh, Yeah. I I just think about a lot of movies where I was like, I don't know about that guy. Who the fuck is that guy? And I'm just like, you know what? I like <laughs> yeah. him in that role. Um, so yeah, yeah, I will just have to say I'm going to reserve judgment on this, and hopefully my opinions are wrong. That like in my heart, what I think is going to happen is wrong, because if I'm right, 
God bless WB is going to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I guarantee you, if you're right, they're going to hear it from everybody. Like, but <laughs> I fucking told you. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to reiterate what I said last time and what I told to everybody who asked me about it at the convention last weekend. Uh, I have to believe, I have to believe that he did something or he showed Matt Reeves and the people at Warner Brothers, he showed them something that made them believe in him. I have to believe that. And it's because of that that I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see. You know, there's like, like I said before, like if you look at Matt Reeves track record, he knows what he's doing. So who am I to question his casting decision? Uh, I'm just a fan. And I mean, obviously, I feel protective over a character like Batman. I know we all do. But. You know, like I said, who am I to question the guy who's who has a winning track record? And also, I, I want to say something. And again, some people might hate that I say this. Some people might might agree with me. But um, uh, Zack Snyder has given his approval to this cast. So, I mean, right there, who am I to question? Number one, Matt Reeves. Who am I to question uh, Zack Snyder, the man who who I believe in and support. So, you know, there it is. That's really all I have to say about this uh, before, before we move on. Cliff, uh, any, anything you want to add before we move on from this? I'm just going to say that Robert Pattinson is the worst vampire of all time. It took him seven mm-hmm. years to turn into a bat. Just put that out there. <laughs> Thank you, Internet, for that yep. one. I don't know what meme I saw yeah. that on. I have to use it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that one, too. It was pretty great. I like it. <laughs> that was good. Whoever whoever came up with that one, that was good. Thank I like you. it. We're going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, all I, that's all we have to say about that. So, all right. So, let's get into it. This is going to be the new, uh, the new segment we're doing since uh, Doom Patrol uh, Season 1 has ended. And let's move on. Let's get into it, man. We didn't get to talk about it last week when it debuted. So let's do it this week. We got two episodes to talk about. We got two in the chamber. Let's talk about Swamp Thing. Yeah. Oh my God. This show is so, it's so, so good. The opening to episode one, like it sold me, man. Like, and I know, I know you, you felt the same way, Cliff, because you were texting me while you were watching it. But <laughs> like the 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 opening scene, it, like they really nailed uh, the horror aspect for this show, because that's what Swamp Thing is. I mean, yes, he exists in the DC universe and shares a universe with guys like Batman and Superman. But Swamp Thing is always a horror story. And the the opening to the very first episode really drove that home to anybody who might have had a doubt as to what direction the show was going to go in. Uh, so I, I loved it so much. Cliff, what you, what do you think about this opening scene? No, I was just like, what the fuck are we doing? Because this is, <laughs> this is phenomenal. <laughs> it's like... It, it really is. Oh. Like, I'm... it... 
it looked amazing too like the cinematography and everything like it it worked can we talk about what happened though because i just have to caveat i don't know who Mm -hmm. i don't know what was wrong with everybody on that boat but it only the youngest person on that boat was a quick quick acting kid as (laughs) throwing that dynamite (laughs) out in the water because i was like right (laughs) i was like yo thank thank you everybody's like out there like with their you know what i think about that all the time with horror movies right like you have a weapon but for some reason you're out there looking Mm. you're looking in the distance with a flashlight you're not arming yourself you're just like what's going on out there and that's exactly what we got here but no someone in the boat was like fuck it we got dynamite blow that bitch up and i was like (laughs) it's like we got dynamite let's use it yeah Yeah. exactly like props to you kid like that's smart thinking i'm with you cliff i'm with you that kid deserves a medal well he got one (laughs) through his chest (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh yeah so this show my goodness all right so yeah that first scene really drew me in um but I want to talk a little bit about uh, the cast for the show because this cast is solid. Uh, I'm no, I'm not even going to say solid. Like the the cast is fantastic. Uh, Crystal Reed over the course of these first two episodes, she her like I really only knew her as like she was the girl from Teen Wolf. My God, I had no idea how capable an actress she is. Like she legitimately she had so such intense scenes in in both of these episodes so far where she had to be so like vulnerable and and just like like heartbroken and like like she i buy everything that she does on on screen like i'm a fan i i i only vaguely knew who she was prior to the show but like having seen her performance on the show I'm a fan. I will watch anything this this woman is in. She's fantastic. I love her. So props to her. Yes. Uh, and also the the actor who's playing Alec Holland. Uh, what is his name? I just had it. I'm gonna look <laughs> him up right now. Uh, sorry about that, folks. I I really wish I had. I had it's Andy, Andy Bean. Bean. Yeah. This guy. Like how do how do I talk about screw it screw it we didn't hold back spoilers on Doom Patrol let's not hold back spoilers on uh on Swamp Thing so uh we meet Alec Holland in the first episode and I was not expecting to like this guy as much as I did and especially uh watching the relationship between he and Abby Abby Arcane that's who Crystal Reed plays. And I really, I thought they had really good chemistry. And I was kind of afraid they were going to do that thing that like the Netflix Marvel shows did where it was like, oh man, are we going to have to wait in a whole season before uh, Alec uh, sort of becomes one with the swamp? Uh, I was like, come on, man, just give me swamp thing right now. And then, (laughs) you know, to my surprise, I ended up being so invested in alec holland that you know shockingly he becomes one with the swamp at the end of the very first episode and i was like oh but i wanted to see more of that guy so 
So it was kind of a double-edged sword where like they gave me so much with the character and I fell in love with him so much and now I'm <laughs> like, oh, we gave you the thing you wanted. but It's like, yeah, you did, but now I kind of wish we had more time with Alec. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a testament to how well uh, how well he, uh, Andy Bean, played the character. Like, I, I wasn't expecting to love the character that much. Um, but yeah, so uh, the cast is incredible. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Will Patton as well as Avery Sunderland because that's a character. It feels like he's he's the the main antagonist of the show, and the way he plays the character is like, you know, like like he's obviously not a good guy. But he plays him in such a way where he's like, oh, well, I mean, he could be that dude could be your uncle, you know, like, like and you want to believe he's a good guy, even though, you know, he's not. So, yeah, man, the performances on this show. just really good, man. Like, I, but I mean, again, that, you know, every everything the DC universe has done so far has been just fantastic. Uh, Cliff, what what do you think about the cast? What do you think about? Like, give me your thoughts. Like, don't hold back. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's start with um, with let's start with Alec, right? So mm-hmm. yes, uh, I am a huge fan right now, and I, of Andy. I didn't think, like like you said, I it wasn't it was just it was a, a very pleasant surprise that he drew you into the character so much that you're like, God, man, I wish, I wish we wait till like episode six or seven. To get Swamp Thing because <laughs> yeah. I really like him and I like the connection that they had in in the show because mm-hmm. I I really believed that. I was like yo maybe they're really dating outside in like real life because I really <laughs> believe this connection is a thing I mm-hmm. think um for me my unsung hero would actually be uh Virginia Madsen playing yes. uh she plays Maria Sunderland Sunderland's wife mm-hmm. uh God she's like. And in that opening scene that she came in and she just let her she let uh she let Abby know just right off the bat, she's just like Oh Yo, yeah. I run shit here and I only let you in. And I was cause she's like, cause you're great at your job. And I was like, Good God, this woman's a bitch. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you you're one hundred percent correct. Like uh, yeah, Virginia Madsen she is a force of nature on this show, like as an actress and the character she's playing. So yes, I agree. <laughs> and I think another character that I have to give uh, another person I have to give a big shout out to is uh, L Graham. She, um, she's playing Susie Coyle and very yeah. much, uh, she's the daughter in a show. Very cool. Um, and, and in both episodes, I really, I really was like feeling for her character. Cause I was like, Oh man, like, she got, she got fucked up, and she, by you know what do they say like the virus that they're trying to treat for, um, and then she yeah. like the way she's able to pull herself in and out of different like kind of emotions. I was like, God bless, man. This kid is like, she's really connected to like everything yeah. that's like around her. So big props to her, you know, especially for being so young. I was like, Yo, good on you. Yeah. Do do your thing. Hopefully, bigger roles will open up to you soon. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I she was I great. agree. She. Yeah, she she really impressed me too. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, she 
she had to play so many emotions. And like you said, for being so young, it, it, it was, it is very impressive what she, what she put up on screen. So yeah, props to her. Uh, yeah, it, it's so crazy. Like this whole cast is again, it's just, it's phenomenal. Like the performances are, are great. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, the inclusion of a character a, from the DC comic books, Madame Xanadu, uh, played by, uh, let's see, who plays? Gerald Prescott, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounce that, but uh, yeah, Madame Xanadu, that's a character from the comic books. And uh, I, for me, uh, it's it's cool that they included her because that's a character uh, like John Constantine who uh, you know that that's deep cuts for comic book nerds like me so so yeah I, I was happy to see that she's she's a character on the show uh, so yeah I mean you know that that that's really all I wanted to say like that that's awesome that they included a character like that so so yeah so Ah, all right. So, Cliff, what were what were some of the highlights for you in these first two episodes? All right. So, well, let's stop. Let's just jump right into the biggest part, right? Um, so, right after jump, we had uh, the jump scare. Honestly, with the boat scene, uh, old boy throwing mm-hmm. a dynamite stick out into the swamp, and only to catch uh, boat shrapnel into his heart and blow out his <laughs> chest. That was. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> um, and I really like the scene with Alec and Abby where he introduced all the testing that he had ran on uh mm-hmm. on like the 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 water and realized that there was something wrong. Um and then he pointed out to her like, yeah. "Hey, this isn't supposed to be here and what this does is going to blow your mind." And sure as shit, uh he dropped it. I think it was on Spanish grass or something like that. Uh, but it it was an accelerator for yeah. uh, for grass, which was really crazy because it was just growing out of control. And uh, he was able to shut down the experiment, which is kind of cool. Um, my mm-hmm. oh my god, what the fuck is going on? Moment would have to deal with and spoiler for you guys who haven't seen it yet. Uh, Coil, um, they started mm-hmm. doing a they were running tests on him. The opt yeah. the, the body came to life because of the plant and like yeah. Uh, Yo, and when it sh- when it <laughs> shout outs when that- it split him. Oh my god! And, like yeah, that was the part. Where I was like, yo, what the f- what the fuck? <laughs> like I freaked out when I saw that. I was like, oh, big like shout it outs. straight up reminded me of something out of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, like that's the exactly mix, what the I mix thought. Of like, yeah, it was like the like the body horror, but like also like the mix of like the practical effects and the the digital effect. Like it was so good. That it, I, I'm not kidding. I jumped <laughs> out of my seat when I saw that. And this goes back to like, um, big shout outs to L, right? So Susie sees her dad is like torn in half and she recognized mm-hmm. it was him and she's like, Daddy. Yeah. And she like screams yeah, and she was... passes out. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know what I would be able to do if yeah. I was a kid. And I saw that shit. I saw that happen. It was so creepy. Yeah, no, so man, that was messed up. <laughs> Poor kid. But yeah, no, the show. Oh man, this show, like, 
like I said, man, like they nailed it with the the horror because like some of that stuff, some of that stuff you see with like the way the the plant life is infecting people, it really pretty horrifying to watch. Very horrifying. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, man, I that was a that was definitely a standout moment for me as well. I, think... I also really liked the way that Alec because uh, remember he took like the the two like the bottles of I forgot what they were, but like he he stabbed it and like threw it over there and then he lit it on fire. I thought like that was a cool scene because it shows how um, he's very innovative, uh, how creative he could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like straight up, like how he was like, oh, I can use this to like you know. So that was a cool moment, uh, just a cool character moment for Alec that I definitely... really liked. It was definitely a cool MacGyver moment because I think it was like rubbing alcohol. I think it was like two bottles of rubbing alcohol that he stacked on top of each other. Or it might have been even like hydrogen per- peroxide and rubbing alcohol. He stabbed, stacked them, stabbed them with the scissors, pushed it out, and then lit yeah. on fire. It was like a big – I was like, whoa. He's very like – yeah. Like, yeah, I really liked that moment. That was pretty cool. It showed like a no panic moment like for him because he was just like, go take care of her. I'm going to take care of this. And you're like, how? How sway? Yeah. Like he did. You're like, that's how. I'm like, all right, this dude's a gangster for life. <laughs> yeah. For the I rest think of like, his life. Like for real, like that was the moment where I was like, yo, I'd totally sleep with that dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then but, uh, Yeah, like 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 for real. Like that was I was like, Yeah, I, I I get why Abby likes this guy. So so yeah, no, um Man, um this the first episode was so like i said like um sort of just the the relationship between alec and abby and seeing how that was blossoming but then like you know we get to the to the end of the episode and sort of the uh the unfortunate thing happens um it was so can i be honest it was so anticlimactic like i know like we were like we're like we want to get there right and it was mm-hmm. like he's just like hello, boom, boom, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, we can't even do like something cool, like <laughs> how he no, he just two gunshot wounds. That's it. <laughs> yeah, he just got he took two shots. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. Like it was kind of disappointing because, like I said, this was a character that I I really liked, and to see him go out like that. I mean, like don't get me wrong, he had that cool moment where. Like they were that they, they were gonna blow up the boat with him still on it, and he kind of dove out. But like, yeah, man, it felt like it's like how are you gonna do my boy like that? It was. <laughs> so. I was like, yo, that's. I was like, what the fuck? Like you just popped him twice. Like, and yeah. Time like in. I guess it's like how sadistic maybe that we are. So it's like, yo, time mm-hmm. to a tree. Like put little like cuts on him, like they did in uh, Children of the Corn. Then push him into the swamp. No, they just shot him twice. <laughs> Straight like, up, just shot him. Just shot Tagged him. Tagged him. Boom, boom. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Well, and also, it's like if he's gonna go out, let him go out a hero. You know what I mean? It's like you couldn't give him a heroic death. No, like yeah. maybe that's what the swamp. That's why the swamp kind of deems him worthy of. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it did feel kind of like, come on, man. (laughs) Like he's supposed (sighs) to be in like this big scene and like getting into a fist fight with the guy and he takes a shot and then he like holds his abdomen and falls into the swamp. And the guy's like, well, 
we don't gotta worry about that guy no more snooping around our parts. No, instead it was just yeah. like, hello? <laughs> yep. Oh, Done. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that really is like my only gripe uh, so far anyways. Like, yeah, it's like, come on, man. Give, give my boy a proper send-off. Uh, considering like, I don't know. It, it says he's he's supposed to appear in ten, all ten episodes, um, and it, you know, like we see in uh, the second episode, which we're going to get into. You know, yes. we do see him again, but through his uh, his video logs. So I don't know, man. I, I'm assuming we'll see flashbacks, like maybe some of his dealings with uh, Avery Sunderland, because we we know he was hired by Avery. So you know, well, we'll yeah. see. Uh, but but anyway, so like the the first episode, like like we said, uh, uh, our boy Alec Holland kind of goes out, but it was it was pretty cool to see, like I like I said before on the show, it's like uh, you know Alec Holland and Swamp Thing. It it's not that Swamp Thing is Alec Holland; it's that the Swamp sort of absorbs Alec, and then Swamp Thing thinks he's Alec. So it was cool to kind of see the swamp wrapping itself around Alec as he was sinking. And then of course, you know, we see the swamp thing emerge from, from the water and dude, that suit, uh, it looks so good. It looks so good. Like, and I'm watching it on like my 50 inch high def TV. Like it looked, it looked awesome. And uh, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but in, in the second episode, there's a scene. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's, let's get into it because it's, it's the way uh, episode two opens. You know, it opens again with Swamp Thing sort of emerging and sort of the, the confusion, you know, like it doesn't, it's like it doesn't know what has happened. Like, again, it thinks it's Alec. And so it's looking at itself, you know, and it's like, what is all this? You know, like it doesn't understand what it's become. And it's like trying to t- trying to rip the goo off. But it's like, dude, you are the goo. <laughs> like, what are you what are you doing? Yeah. But the special effects, because, you know, like it takes part of its 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 head off. And like the special effects bet- uh, between like the practical and the CGI it was so seamless. Like I couldn't tell where one ended and the other began. Like I hats off to the, the, the effects guys on this show. Cause it was very convincing. Yeah. And I think, and then we'll probably dive in earlier or later. Well, with this episode, um, and it's something interesting you brought up about the swamp, like believing that it's Alec because um, Susie makes reference to that in this episode. <laughs> In the second episode, mm-hmm. spoiler, sorry guys, uh, she makes reference to it <laughs> yeah. because, um, you know, Abby, Abby obviously says, like, well, you can talk to her or talk to him. And she says, yes. And she's like, well, what mm-hmm. did she tell you? And he's, he thinks his name is Alec. And then you saw Abby's face kind of like drop a little bit like, yeah. what do you mean? And I was just like, yeah, oh, God, that's like, that's an incredible moment because obviously that confirms oh, yeah. what you've been saying. And I know people who go and watch it, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like that's this is real. Like this, this is all following in line. So it's really cool to see that that got to play out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really loved that scene. Um, 
at the uh, at the end of the episode uh, again i'm, I'm <laughs> trying not to jump too far ahead but the the sort of the final moments of this episode were incredible um you know you get to see swamp thing rescue the little girl uh susie right and that scene was fantastic uh for many reasons <laughs> like uh, uh again i got um shout out to derek mears who who is playing swamp thing he's the guy inside the suit but uh his performance i mean for for being a guy who and i mean he's been doing this for for years you know he's he's sort of the go-to guy nowadays for like uh uh creatures and um uh like uh he's he's the guy in the suit for the most part like in almost any movie you've seen over the last 10 years 10 plus years um but his performance as swamp thing was it, it i give the guy credit like he's not just like some big dumb stunt guy in a suit like the dude manages to do some real acting underneath that suit and it it, it all comes across and I saw him. He, I saw an interview he did, uh, and it wasn't just him. It was him and the entire cast. So he was there with Andy, and they were talking about how the performance was uh, a collaborative process between the two of them because Andy got to uh, lay the groundwork uh, as Alec, and then Derek sort of uh, uh, went to him and, and and you know got his input on on the character and I feel like it all came through. Like it felt like I was watching one, one person, one performance, even though it's two completely different performers. So I got to give credit to, to Derek and I got to give credit to Andy for uh, that collaboration because I think it paid off and I can't wait to see the rest of uh, the performance going forward. So yeah, big shout-outs there. I think uh, something else that we didn't mention is uh, mm-hmm. I don't I won't call him a hidden character, but he was very heavily mm-hmm. referenced, like in one particular scene, right? Where we got uh, mm-hmm. Blue Devil was mentioned and yes. shown all over the place. So it was definitely oh, yeah. cool to see like that aspect get kind of shouted out as well. Yes, that was very cool. Um, because like I said, that, that that's a care. You know, we were talking about this when we we saw the trailer, and we were talking about the cast and uh, uh, Ian Ziering had been cast as the character, and so I really appreciate what they did with the character on the show because this is actually very comic book accurate, where he's an actor and he plays a character, Blue Devil, in the movies, uh, and I I'm not gonna spoil anything in regards to what happens to him because I, I don't know if they're going to do that on the show I hope they do but so I mean so far it seems like what they've been doing with the character is very comic book accurate so fingers crossed but uh, he does eventually become the blue devil like in real life so and it, it's a mystical character so you know fingers crossed that, that we do get to see that um, so yeah that was very cool and I really liked his performance too. Like, and I, and I don't mean that like shockingly because I know uh, he he's been he's been acting for a while, 
you know, he's always been in the industry. It's not like he's never, you know, it's not like he hasn't had work. But I mean, just like, I really liked the character. I really did. Like, I really connected with him in a way that I wasn't expecting to. So, yeah, shout out, shout out to him as well. That was really cool. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know, Cliff. What uh, I I know there's a moment you and I both want to talk about in in regards to episode two. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, I wanna I also want to talk about this episode introduced uh, Kevin Durand as Doctor Jason Woodruff, and this is a character also a character from the comic books. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Uh, Jason Woodrew, in the comic books, he eventually becomes a character called the Floronic Man. And it's it's another character that's very much like Swamp Thing. He's a very like plant-based character. Uh, think of him as like the reverse Flash to the Flash. That's kind of what Floronic Man is. Uh, I love Kevin Durand. Uh, everything I've seen him in, he's awesome. And so when I found out he was going to be on the show and that this was the character he's playing, uh, I got excited. But what we find out is that the accelerant that is sort of causing all this trouble is his creation. And we find out that Avery Sunderland uh, hired him to develop this accelerant because... Help me out here, Cliff, if, I, if I'm not remembering this correctly. Um the idea was to use the accelerant to create more land, right? In a sense, like like land equals money, right? Like real estate. Like, am I getting that right? Yeah, the way he made it sound was that the accelerant was supposed to dry up the swamp to create more land mm-hmm. so they could create more buildings. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's right. So, <clears throat> So uh, the big takeaway there is that uh, Jason Woodrow developed the accelerant and it was for Avery Sunderland to use for, you know, purposes of uh, making more money to get more wealthy. But obviously things have gone horribly, horribly wrong. So Cliff, what do you think about all this? What do you think of this revelation? Uh, Do you think it works? Oh, I mean, it definitely worked. I mean, we saw the plant life just like grow and grow and grow at a ridiculous rate and it's continuing to grow <laughs> and it took a whole life of its own. Um, yeah. So I definitely think that it was definitely something that, that worked out, but I thought it was very interesting that Avery was, uh, he was very, I don't say threatening, but he pretty much let people know, like, I'm going to bury every one of you. If my name gets attached to this at all. And oh, uh, yeah, he was very yeah, convincing. Yeah, yeah. Cause like, I was like, yeah, I was going to say, I he felt like I needed to, um, inner super villain in right? that scene. <laughs> I felt like, I felt like I was like, <laughs> I need to help this man clean this mess up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I felt, um, I was like, dude, he's going to kill you. Like, yeah. Like and uh, him and his wife actually, right. That's who that the woman was, right. That was his wife. Yeah. The other doctor, yeah. uh, Dr. So, Woodrow. Yeah. So, yeah, man, like, I can't wait to see. I honest, I just can't wait to see how all this plays out because, you know, it looks like they're laying the groundwork for some pretty, some pretty awesome, uh, like stuff that stuff that comic book fans 
are gonna love myself included so yeah man i can't wait to can't wait to see how this all works out so but okay so like cliff let's let's talk about it because uh <laughs> there was there was a big moment in this episode like you even texted me and i was like i was waiting for you to get to that part of the episode <laughs> because when i was watching it i saw what was about to happen i was like dude He's gonna tear that guy in apart, <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, he did. <laughs> so okay, so let's set this up a little bit. So towards the end of the episode, there's uh, a character. I don't remember what the character's name was. Do you remember Cliff, the guy who was chasing? I don't know. Uh, let's call him Extra dude. One. Yeah, let's call it that guy. <laughs> he looked sort of like he was kind of like uh, sort of any kind of like scumbag guy in a slasher movie right or like you know like a redneck character from a, a friday the 13th movie that's basically what this character was but uh, but anyway so he's uh he ends up chasing after uh our little heroine Susie coyle and this is when swamp thing kind of shows up and he's like hey man uh you're in my swamp now <laughs> and he 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 protects Susie and he he he's how do I, he comes to Susie's aid and he 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 grabs well he doesn't grab the guy but <laughs> it was such this moment at the end of the episode was so awesome because like i said as i was watching the episode i saw what was about to happen and I actually said aloud, I was like, oh, my God, Swamp Thing is going to tear that guy apart. <laughs> and sure so, enough, that's exactly what he what he did. <laughs> and it was it was brutal and bloody and violent. And it was so spectacular. <laughs> and again, this is one of those moments where uh, the practical effects and the digital effects worked together so well and so seamlessly that I honestly don't know how much of it was what, but yeah, Cliff, what I know this was the moment that got to you as well. So uh, what did you think of this? Yeah. So let's set this up. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. it's like, I think it was like a random boat cop. Like he was just like patrolling the swamp. Um, one of the characters recognized a cop and like they had a conversation and then all of a sudden what we saw was, uh, that guy got spiked in the face, but we found out what Susie yeah. was actually on the boat the whole time. Yeah. So she saw everything play out. Um, then what we saw was she ran into the swamp. The guy actually ran after him. Um, we'll call him extra one, extra one ran after <laughs> Susie. And then that's when, uh, the swamp thing like started chasing him down too. And mm -hmm. as you said, like he, he stabbed him twice and you saw like swamp yes. thing like took the pain. But then, like he started healing yeah. himself up, and then, as the guy made the yeah, move, like the 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 shot where you see like the wound close up, mm -hmm. that was that was awesome. I love that. And then we saw the guy make a move. Swamp thing obviously called the 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 swamp to his aid, and it pulled that that guy out. And yeah, like you said, um, if you guys have not played Mortal Kombat 11 yet, you should. <laughs> and if you know what I'm referencing. You're laughing, and if you don't, you need to play as Noob Sabot and uh, use his <laughs> yeah. fatality, and you'll see what happened to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, dude, it was. It. <laughs> like there, there is a reason why. Like this is what we're talking about. Like it was. It's like ah, oh, like clearly we knew that's what was going to happen, but like seeing it happen was like so gratifying, satisfying. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like that dude, that dude deserved it. So, but yeah, man, I and like I said, I I feel like that's the moment that Swamp Thing, and I mean we knew he, you know, he's the monster, but he's the hero. But that was really the moment that he became the hero, you know, because he comes to this little girl's aid. And he dispatches this terrible person. Uh, but yeah, like that's where I was like, all right, yeah, they they got it. They got the character. Like, yes, it's a horror story, but this is our hero. So yeah, like that's when I was like, all right. I mean, I was already in based on episode one, but like for sure, like I'm sticking this out no matter what. <laughs> so something that we didn't touch so, on that we need to touch on um, is Mm -hmm. Maria Sunderland, right? So for some people who don't know, um, their daughter went to school with Abby. um, And then in their senior year of college, uh, their daughter killed herself, essentially is what we'll say. Um, We're not really sure what happened because Abby says that she killed her, but there's like flashback scenes that would lead you to believe something different. But at the end of this episode, we see uh, Avery walk into a room, and we see that he that we see Maria laying in bed. But what you don't see is that Maria is actually laying with a corpse of her daughter yeah. in the bed, and it tripped me out. Like I just skin crawling. That was Ugh. some messed up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and also, also remember, uh, Abby had that weird nightmare. Right. Uh, at the beginning of the episode where she saw sort of uh, the undead version of, well, or maybe not even undead, but it looked like, I don't know how to describe her. She looked like horrifying, but yep. yeah, she saw her, the daughter and oh, man, there's so much weird stuff going on with that story. And I, I like you, uh, I want to know what happened like for real, because uh, Maria, she went to go see uh, Madame Xanadu in this episode. And remember the way Madame Xanadu freaked out when she saw she had a vision. Yep. And like I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I really want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, and that and that shot that you were talking about like freaked me out. Like I, I have so many questions, <laughs> and I'm not sure. Uh, like I want the answers, but I'm not sure how badly I want the answers because I don't. Uh, yeah, it 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 messed with me as well. <laughs> yeah, Cliff, was... what do you think is what do you think is going on? Like that's. Do oh, you I... have any theories? Do you have any thoughts? I think so. Obviously, the swamp is very much alive, and it's going to be there mm-hmm. to protect. But I think that obviously the Sunderlands are like the the bad guys in this one, where they're like obviously just money hungry but uh right i think they're so they said the accelerant which then dried up the land which then caused swamp thing to become the menace that he is um and then what we're gonna find out is that the whole suicide was a hoax it was they murdered her and then threw her off the bridge and blamed abby 
for it because the daughter was probably oh, trying man. to expose him, you know? Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. I wouldn't be surprised if you were right. It'd be wild. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I I like that. I like that. Because I honestly didn't even have any theories of my own. I had no idea what was going on. So, <laughs> no, no, no. That's good, though, man. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. This show. Oh, man. Like, uh, uh, I know we say it all the time, but I, I'm going to say it again. Like, if you're not watching... Uh, if you're not if you're not subscribed to the DC universe, go get yourself a subscription. It's worth it. These shows are amazing. Whether it's Titans or Doom Patrol or Young Justice, I feel like we forget to mention that one. But Young Justice as well, uh, and now Swamp Thing. Like, go check these shows out. They're amazing. They're so good. Uh, production values on them are fantastic. Like I said, Swamp Thing. Like just in addition to being a, a, a well-written show and a well-put-together show, like the it looks fantastic. So, yeah, man, I, I, I can't wait to see what the rest of this season has for us. Uh, Cliff, uh, scale of 1 to 10, what would you give uh, these first two episodes? Uh, 10 on the first one, 9.5 on the second one. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Because my mine are kind of flipped. I'd probably give, I'd probably give the first episode a nine point five, just because you know, I feel like Alec should have get gotten a better send off than he did. Uh, but I I would give episode two a ten. But I mean that's just that's that's just my that's my opinion. But yeah, man. Uh, so far. Super solid, uh, solid start to the show. I really like it. Yeah, I have to agree, man. It's um, it's it's a crazy ride so far, and I I really enjoy it right now. Yeah, yeah, same, same. So yeah, everybody out there, uh, check out Swamp Thing on the DC Universe. It's awesome. Uh, we're not getting paid to say that. I wish we were DC Universe. If you're listening. Uh, you know, sponsor the show. We love you. <laughs> We're giving you free promotion. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so go check it out, man. It's awesome. I love it. So I might rewatch the the first two episodes uh, when we're done here because uh, there's some there's. I feel like maybe I missed a, a clue or a hint here or there, but yeah, I might want to check it out again. So yeah, Swamp Thing, th- uh, thumbs up. I love it. Uh, now, so before we wrap up the show, like I mentioned a bit earlier, I do want to, I do want to mention a few things, uh, a few comic books that I'm I'm currently reading, because like I said, uh, for being a nerd show, we hardly ever talk about comic books. So, <laughs> uh, but if if you are following uh, Nerds of the Roundtable on Facebook, you will have gotten a taste of this already because I posted uh, some of the trailers for these books. Yes, these comic books have trailers now. Uh, which is crazy. That's the world we're living in. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is a, a comic book from uh, the Vertigo imprint of DC Comics. Uh, it's called High Level. It's written by Rob Sheridan. Um, and like I, like I said on the Facebook post that I did, uh, I, the whole reason I uh, the book 
grabbed my interest is because of Rob Sheridan. Rob Sheridan was the art director for Nine Inch Nails, and anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. But the book is fantastic. Even if that's not who Rob Sheridan was, this book would still be worth checking out. It's uh, The tagline is, Welcome to the post, Post-Apocalypse. And I feel like that's a pretty accurate description of the world that the story is set in. Like everybody does post-apocalyptic stories, but what happens after that world, you know, the post post apocalypse. Uh, And I think that that's the really interesting idea. So that's, that's sort of the setting of the story, but it, it is very much a dystopian future. And, you know, the world is sort of a wasteland, but it's, you know, if you dig that sort of uh, the post-apocalypse dystopian sci-fi, check it out because this book is really well written. And for being such a bleak story, the artwork is beautiful and vibrant and just eye-catching. So check it out. I love it. Uh, we're four issues in. I believe uh, Rob said this first volume is going to be six issues. So we've got two issues to go. Uh, Check it out. It's amazing. I love it. Can't recommend it enough. And then the other one that I want to talk about real quick is Batman Last Night on Earth. Night being K-N-I-G-H-T. This is an Elseworlds story. It's published by the DC Black Label. So this is a mature readers only um, there is some colorful language and uh, quite a bit of uh, violence as well. Uh, this is also set in sort of a post-apocalyptic world. It's sort of Batman meets Mad Max. And if that sounds uh, interesting to you, then this book is definitely for you. It's really cool. It's, it's mind-bending. At, like, I don't want to talk too much about the plot because I don't want to give away spoilers, but... Needless to say, this book, the first book, really surprised me with uh, where it took the story and where we seem to be heading. So check that one out as well. Like I said, there are trailers for both of these books, and I posted them both on the Facebook page. So if you, if you want to see, if you want to kind of get a taste for what these books are, uh, check those out for sure. And so, yeah, pick those up uh, anywhere comic books are available. They are definitely worth the read. And uh, when I was at Denver Pop Culture Con last weekend, I got to meet uh, artist Greg Capullo. And he's the guy doing the art for Batman Last Night on Earth. And I got his autograph on book one. So that was cool. And I told him, I told him straight up, like, how much I loved the book and that I can't wait for the next one. And he, he straight up told me, he's like, wait till you see the next one. It's insane. And so now I'm, I'm even more excited for it. So book two can't get here uh, soon enough. But yeah, so the, that's, that's my pull list for this episode. So yeah, I, I, I want to bring comic books into the discussion more moving forward with the show. Uh, and Cliff, like Cliff mentioned, there's that Carnage book that he he's looking forward to. And I, I really hope Cliff, I really hope you, you read that because I want to get your thoughts and your reviews on it on the show. So yeah, keep us posted on that for sure. 
so high. And for speaking that. of, <laughs> yeah, and speaking of moving forward, uh, we we have a few things. Uh, Cliff and I are gonna. Uh, <laughs> we've got a few things uh, moving forward with this podcast, with this show, uh, that we're gonna we're gonna make some reveals here, and uh, I really uh, I'm really excited for everything we're doing and everything we're going to be doing. So um, in the next few weeks, uh, the next few episodes going forward, uh, we're going to start running uh, some more ads on the show. Uh, now that is, you know, ads help us uh, and they're going to help us reach a wider audience, you know, and, and also before I go any further, uh, I want to say thank you to all of our new listeners out there. Like, uh, I don't know how, how many people out there know this, but like lately our numbers have gone through the roof and we've been reaching so many new listeners. And I am very thankful for each and every one of you who's listened to the show. So, and this is why we're going to start doing some of the things that we're doing because we've started to reach a much larger audience and we really want to keep that momentum going. And if that means, running more ads to help with promotion, then yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so that's going to be starting next week. Um, but with that, with that being said, we are also going to be launching a Patreon for Nerds of the Round Table. Now, what that means is uh, uh, Cliff and I have already discussed this and what we're going to be offering for anyone who subscribes to the Patreon, anyone who donates to the Patreon, what we're going to be giving as a reward is you will be getting new episodes uh, earlier than anyone else, and you will get them completely ad-free. So if you want to listen to the show, but you don't want to listen to, to ads during the show, that's for you. Like, if you want to kick us, uh, I don't know, we haven't set a price point yet, Like, but it's going to be super affordable, don't worry. And, you know, you pay that once a month and you get every episode before anybody else does and you get them completely ad free. So look forward to that. We're going to be setting that up very soon and we're going to get that off the ground uh, as soon as possible and exciting for us. And we hope that this makes uh, listening to the show more enjoyable for everybody. Like, cause that's the goal here. We want to present the best possible podcast, uh, the best possible product for you, the listener. And hopefully with all of this, that will be, uh, we can make that a reality. So, yeah. So look forward to all of that. And once again, thank you to all of our new listeners, man. We appreciate every single one of you. And, uh, you know, uh, Cliff, I'm going to pitch this to you on the show right here. I think maybe as an additional reward to Patreon supporters, uh, we'll give you a, we will give you a shout out by name on the show. How does that sound? Yo, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's going to be something we we will be offering as well. So you know, we're going to get that set up as soon as possible, and we will let you guys know uh, as soon as it goes live. Yeah. So if you want to support us, then by all means, do so. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Cliff, uh, let everybody know, especially the new people who are joining us, uh, let them know where they can find you online. 
yeah, so you guys can find me on Reddit, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, pretty much all your favorite social media platforms. Uh, CM underscore Miller 85. Uh, and then you guys can find me on Franken Culture, attached to Frankensteiner, Nerds at Roundtable, Get the KO. Um, and then I write articles as well for Franken Culture. So you guys can find me anywhere. You should give me a shout out. Um, one thing that I know I wanted to touch on really quick before we fully wrap this up and it's kind of a surprise mm-hmm. uh july 26th uh we have a date for the boys which i think next week we'll oh, dive right. more into because that's that has to happen oh yeah for sure <laughs> for sure we're definitely gonna be talking about that and we'll definitely be bringing uh reviews and reactions to that show once it's available oh, so yeah. <laughs> i know that's something me and cliff have been looking forward to for a while now so yes we will definitely be doing a deep dive into The Boys on Amazon Prime. Thanks for bringing that up, Cliff. All right. And I am Antonio Padilla. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Tron Pilgrim. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at Tron Pilgrim 87. And uh, once again, you can follow Nerds of the Roundtable on Facebook. Um, I, I run the Facebook page, so you can also get a hold of me on there. Uh, I don't have a personal Facebook page, so you know that's as close as you're going to get. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Feel free to follow me, Cliff, on any of our social media accounts. Uh, throw us some likes. Uh, I am going to give a shout-out to uh, because we have been getting more likes on the Facebook page as well. So thank you to everybody who's liking that page as well. So uh, Once again, we, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate every listener, every fan, every follower. We love you guys. You guys keep it. Thank you very much. And that's going to do it for us this week. Join us next week. Same nerd time, same nerd channel.